Welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian are talking about random marketing topics that are poking in their brain each week. So Adrian, what's poking your brain this week? Yes. So this might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, and I'm just going to preface. I want to preface this whole thing by saying, I don't know if I'm right, but I have a theory. Get it out there. Yeah. I want to get it out there. Um, I don't think we can approach content marketing in the same way pre-market fit versus post-market. Like once you found product market fit, I think that changes how you should do content marketing. And I think one of my things that I've come upon multiple times, and this is where this is coming from. I work with B2B SaaS companies, and sometimes those are VC funded, lots of money, unicorns, billions to burn, right? Great. So we'll just go and we start creating content and money is no object essentially at that point. Um, and then I also work though with bootstrap founders who are going month to month, they're building, they're with their customers, they're trying to grow, they're trying to find the sales. And I'm really talking about for these bootstrapped customers, right? Where money, where your budget is a concern. So when you're cheap. trying to make- You can say they're cheap, it's okay. Well, I mean, not even cheap. <laughs> my best clients pay really good rates. They, they pay my rate, the same rate as my VC funded people. I don't change my rate depending upon how much funding you've created. Um, it's so the, I, I wouldn't say cheap. I would just say they have to be very budget aware, right? Um, and so when I do these kinds of consultations, before I take on this client, I, I make sure I preface. I say, look, for a founder, this is before they have a team, right? They've hired me because they can't hire a full-time marketing CMO. So they come to me, Adrian, we know content's important. We want to start marketing. We need to start creating a brand. Can you help us? And I say, yes, but here's the only way I can help you is if you, the founder, make this a priority. I cannot do this job in the way I do it. The way that I do it is I talk to the founder, I talk to the customers. I'm really becoming a part of the internal team and trying to learn what's going on with the company. And that becomes the content for me. Other people do it differently. So wait, let me, let me, let me turn it back for you real quick, just okay. to clarify. So you're talking about, we're talking about bootstrap self-funded founders and you're talking about they need to be committed and a big part of it which alludes to your comment about how you handle content marketing before product market fit yes. and after product market fit so in this scenario is the bootstrap founder before product yes. market fit or after product market fit in, they are i just want to make sure we're on the same page okay they are before so, so it's before and this is where my concern comes in with these founders is because you are building your product. You are in the midst of the thick of it. And if you've ever built a product and been, been a founder, I have not built a SaaS product, but I've worked very closely with people who have. It becomes an all-inclusive, intense thing at certain times where you know you have to get growth. You're looking at your runway. You're looking at your costs. And if you don't get you know, five customers in the next like three months, the whole ship's going to go down. So I've spoke with founders at this stage and I say, look, I am, I would love to come on and help you, but I'm going to need your focus. It, it requires you and me meeting once a week, me having access to some of your customers, if not all of them, and really developing this plan. Um, and you helping me making sure that I'm talking about your product in the right way, that we're using the right tone of voice and all of that stuff. And at that point, it's always a priority. 
they're always like, yes, this is great. I'm so excited. This is what we need. Yay. Um, but inevitably comes that moment for the bootstrapped founder where sales and the bottom line becomes way more important than content marketing, than their brand awareness, right? Where if they don't fix the product, if they don't find new customers, the ship's going down. And obviously that should take priority. It just should. That's a very important thing. You should be able to focus on that. But then their focus veers away from content marketing. Um, things slow down. It's not a great fit anymore. So I've kind of been pondering this, like, is it a good idea in the way that I do content marketing to work with pre those bootstrap founders who haven't quite found market fit yet? And I say market fit only because it's a general term we kind of all understand, at least if you're in the SaaS space, you, you kind of get what it means. Um, I don't know if it's actually a good term or if it's useful. Um, you know, I see other people talking about it and saying like, I don't use it. It's not actually useful. So what, when I, let me just create some terms. When I say product market fit, I mean, you are generating enough revenue in sales um, or in, you know, your monthly subscriptions, however your business model works, that you are growing, that you're not having to like stress about finding your next three clients. Um, and there's a period in the bootstrapped world where you just are, you have to be focused on harder sales, um, more direct outbound approaches. You don't have time and content marketing is a long game. You don't have time to sit and allow organic content to do its job because you need a customer today. You need someone to sign a check today. Um, so start thinking, what are the, more the better approaches for a bootstrap founder who's in that position rather than the long game of content marketing what's a better approach and i think it's more about their personal brand i think if a bootstrap founder for lack of a better term can create thought leadership and i say that with a cringe because <laughs> ugh, like what does that mean but Again, another term that people kind of understand that I can use that makes sense. Um, I think the focus should be more on the founder themselves creating awareness of who they are, awareness of what they know, um, building up their own personal audience and network in order to then transfer and shift that into the company brand and the company awareness once the company is like set and ready and has a longer runway to play with. It can actually afford a long game content marketing. So what do you think, Josh? Interesting. I think, I think that's an interesting take. <laughs> so um, I would say initially, like I'm thinking about what my brain was like in the early stages uh -huh. and trying to, you know, prove out my software concept that, that, people were going to buy um, kind of along the lines of your product market fit uh, definition. Just are yeah. people going to buy it? Do I have enough people that are paying enough recurring revenue that it is quote unquote, at least ramen profitable, or at least right. like I'm not burning money worrying about, is this going to go down and I need to go get a job or, or consult or do something other things. So, but in that time phase, I'm thinking if I'm hiring someone, I'm hiring them to, to save me time, not necessarily 
cost me time. Um, so I, but I do understand that one of those early strategies that a founder does have as a founder superpower is telling their story, is telling their establishing themselves as a quote unquote thought leader, or at least a, a person that is doing some interesting things in a space and has a point of view. Usually they're in that because they have a strong point of view. Um, hopefully that it resonates <laughs> with that, yeah. with that audience. Um, but not, I mean, not all founders have that and not all founders are comfortable getting out there and wanting to be a founder brand, wanting to go ahead and network and build an audience and learn copywriting, learn all these, how to talk to customers, learn how to uh, talk to pain points, all those types of things. I mean, you're probably giving them essentially one-on-one training on being a marketer. So I, I, in those early days, that's a great long tail play for a founder that could, could produce things, but it also depends on their market. Like if they, if if they're, uh, oftentimes like if, if my only founder brand thing is I'm an early founder and I'm a, I'm a bootstrap founder and I want to talk about my start, my build in public, all of those types of things. Like the people that are going to listen to it are other founders and other aspiring indie hackers, bootstrappers, those type. But they're also, honestly, sorry, no offense, horrible customers, right? Because who knows if they're going to, they, they don't want to pay much. They have, they have scarcity of their own time. They probably have super high standards for software and these other things. Um, and, uh, want to give you tons of feedback of a direction that you may not eventually want to go and you have to offend them (laughs) by saying no. Yeah. So yes. that's kind of my counterpoint within there is they're very time struck in those early days. And, you know, you know, me big fan of SEO, I'd probably go for the early days of like the longer tail SEO, low terms, trying to put your mix on it, trying to put your point of view on it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, trying to, uh, use those to find the people that are already looking for thing, people that are looking for the type of software you're making or the type of product or service or whatever that you are. So that I feel like is a straighter path to that. At least maybe it's early, early days, but maybe we're talking about like maybe the next step or a couple steps past that. I'm not sure. I think that our timeframe might be similar. I'm curious though, when you guys, because SEO is your play. Like we know that with referral walk, y'all have got a really great SEO game going on. Um, were you writing in the very early days? Were you the one setting out writing the blog posts and creating kind of the SEO strategy? Uh, those are, no, actually I did some of it and we tried some other strategies of like writing more generic stuff for small businesses that didn't really work, but we did eventually, um, find, I, I did have a couple of freelancers that helped with that as well. So I did some myself, but then augmented that with better freelancers, more connected freelancers that also was able to hire in and write some great like pillar articles, help me with some other keyword planning that I was not as, as good at, at that point in time. So they sort of started some general scaffolding and showed the pattern in addition to, you know, good freelancers also freelance with other customers and they're always trying to help, help have their other customers help each other. So they're kind of like, you know, they know other freelancers, you know, it's easy. It was easier to get backlinks and some other things in the early days with those. So it was sort of a, a partial, like almost like a mentorship doing one or two, three, maybe five articles 
And then we sort of took it over and ran with it and kind of did modeled it a bit after some of the early freelancers that, that helped us get uh, off the ground. I think that's great. I also would argue that you seem to have way more of a marketing mindset, at least in SEO and writing than your average bootstrap founder. Who's like just trying to put together code. Who's working really hard, who has this, this product. They love this idea. Um, they don't, they don't know how to go about getting it out. Like I've seen founders who are like, yeah, I'm just, I'll write about it. Um, but then what they write is very technical, is not branded. Um, and it needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of work. And so that's kind of where I've started to come along and say, you know what? Yeah, let's, even if we're going to coincide work with the company blog post, and that's really going to be the focus, I think from here on out, my goal is not only going to be to create the company brand, but to also to create a founder brand. Because I feel like in the very early stages, they go so hand in hand that if the only way that a founder is going to sell is if he has a strong network at this very early stages, he needs to have a strong or she strong network, and they need to be able to clearly say, this is what we're working on. This is why it's important. This is who it's for. And that is a struggle in those early days, identifying your messaging. And I think a good way to practice that is to practice it under your personal brand, not necessarily the company brand. Um, and so, yeah, it's still experiment. And like I said before, I could be wrong. I could just be flat out wrong and I could try this with some clients and it doesn't work. But I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it'll fail. I don't think you could ever go wrong in, um, you know, investing in your own brand. God, that sounds cheesy to you. Like I sound, I feel like I sound <laughs> very young and twenties, um, and that kind of concept, but you look at the, the environment now, right? If we're looking at who's out here, who's creating, who's making money. So many marketers are now shifting from, because they're good at marketing and they're good at messaging and they're good at branding have shifted from, why am I creating a brand for the company when I can create the brand for myself and bring in my own money? So, and my thinking with bootstrap founders, it's almost the same thing. People are, would rather buy from a person than they would from a company. And so, yes, let's, okay, let's continue to work and build the company's branding, but we, I, I will no longer neglect the founder's branding because so many times I'm looking at founders, they have zero Twitter engagement, followers, zero LinkedIn, or like, it's very random. They go and like, they go and retweet some things. Um, I think for me, if we're at that stage, if we're bootstrapped, if you're early, early stages, you have to start working on your own founder brand. No, I, I'd agree with that, it, especially in this, in this, in this day and age of where, you know, that type of content, that type of openness and build in public, or just, Hey, uh, getting those early reps on communication, being concise, all those other things. I think you could almost upsell it as a just you know, this can work. You are alongside it as a cheerleader for your company. Like these things should coexist in addition to you learning these skill sets, because those are lifelong leadership skills that are going to matter how you talk to your employees, how you talk to customers, how, how you, you, 
you need to be out there and have a presence out there. Otherwise, uh, someone else is going to, you know, make assumptions about it. So you might as well stake your claim, learn these types of things. So even if it's <laughs> sold to them as a skill that is part of business building, in addition, that could be, you know, it's a superpower, like I said, that they have during this certain time, they can speak to their vision. They can speak to these types of things. They might need help on the communication front, right. but maybe that's also how you can develop this, this type of development with them, which is maybe it's more of like you interviewing and recording them. And then it's like, okay, now we'll, we'll write that down. We'll come back in a week. I'll read it back to you. I'll read back what I got out of it. Does this make sense? And kind of work workshop it with them on making it tighter, making it more concise, making it more consistent. It's because they might like all of us are say things that are contradict ourselves, you know, two minutes later, 10 seconds later. So did you mean this or that, or, okay, I meant this can, let's, let's tighten that up, that type of thing. So you could probably just do it easily in a series of interviews. Um, and, and then also it creates exhaust and the output of that is, is stuff they could use for posts. And it's just like, they could even start with that. Hey, I'm starting to build my thing. Here's what, here were the interview questions I had. Here's how I answered it. Those are all, that's all content that could be remixed yep. and put out there and you can help seed it with them. And then they could start to get it as they learn that language, so to speak. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I do. There's a framework that we follow or I follow to just say, okay, really, what's your story? What do you know? And, and the way I like to think about it is it, even in my own, I want to talk about three things. If you see me, you know that I'm going to talk about buyer personas. I'm going to talk about content. I'm going to talk about farming. Those are the only three things you'll probably see me talk about publicly. I don't talk a lot about politics. Um, you know, very, very rare do you see me publicly talking about anything outside of those three things. Um, sometimes, like, I always like to think about what public conversations as if I'm having them inside the office, right? So it's that's what, what I encourage my founders to do is let's think about the three things that you want to be known for. And then that gives you a plethora of stuff. I think people think, oh, if I'm going to do this personal brand, I can only talk about building in public forever. And then I'm exhausted and I'm bored with talking about building in public. Um, and that's not, that's not what I want it to be. I really want to talk to founders and say, but what is the thing that you're passionate about? Obviously, if you're building a product, what, what, why? Like, what is, what were the problems you solved? What, what was the thing that you decided you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort into this thing. Why are, are you passionate about it? Um, and then basically, yeah, we workshop. They write down story ideas and they tell me stories. And then I figure out, okay, what's the hook? How do we put this really interesting tidbit, this anecdote that they've shared into a LinkedIn post that's going to get traction? Um, it's working out pretty well. And I think I love, I just love founders. Founders are like inventors, they're creative, they, I love working with founders. So when I get to do this kind of work, it's like, it inspires me all the time. It does. No, that's great. Like, uh, yeah, I think, I think initially I was a little taken back by that as a first strategy, but again, I think we're talking about it in a similar stage. And I would also say one of the, another strong arguments for doing this early on is you're, if you're a founder, like this, whatever company you're working on may not work out. That's fine. But what you do build as this as, oh, I also built X. Like I had another company, another startup I had before referral rock, 
And I talk about it now and I talk about lessons learned that transition from one to another. So the earlier you get to talk about those things, it's like you are building that brand as a founder out there. And so when you're talking about your second time, your third time success, it's all part of your, your journey and story. And the better you are at communicating and controlling your own narrative, um, you know, it can be an asset for you to work off of on the next one and the next one. So. Absolutely. And I don't think you can go wrong with having a really strong personal message and brand. I don't think it's ever impacted someone negatively or turned out to be not a good idea. The only negative kind of slant or impact could be your consequence, I guess, if we want to call it that, would be if you get so large and you have such a big audience that you start getting toxic and negative people in your space often. Um, and I think when I talk to founders about this, that's what they think. They think that we're going to be out here creating spammy LinkedIn posts and it's all for the likes and the comments. And that's not crying, what I'm trying crying to say. CEOs. Right. Oh, good. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crying CEOs on LinkedIn. Um, but that's not what it has to be about. Like, I don't think you have to have a million followers to actually make an impact and, and have a strong personal brand. I don't think you do at all. Um, no. so it, it's more about, just finding the people who like resonate with you. And that can be a small group of people who have a big impact. So, you know, focus on that personal brand y'all, especially if you're early right. building. Yeah, no, that, you, I think you have me convinced that it's a, it's a good thing to do earlier, definitely earlier. So yeah, cool. Sure. Anything else good. to add? Well, I mean, you know, so I think, okay, so we, we came to a conclusion. The question we started with was does content marketing work for pre-market fit? Yes, but we need to change the way we think about it. It doesn't need to just be companies, blog posts. It also needs to be founder brand building as well. So there we go. Yep. Conclusion. All right. Conclusion. Thanks, Josh. All right. Thanks, Adrian. Bye.